is now too late No time to think about it Don't wait With a face like yours We can make a scene For the folks at home On that TV screen Remember, you should know I used to be Mr. So-and-so And now you say guest for this episode is vocalist, songwriter, and longtime scene veteran Mark Vickery. Some of you may remember Mark's deep vocal stylings as he was a featured guest vocalist for the uh, Essa Jazz Pioneers Liquid Soul back in the day in the early 90s. Later on, Mark would go on to front another collective in the Essa Jazz trip-hop vein, uh, the supergroup known as Sumo, who took over uh, Liquid Soul's spot at the Elbow Room. And then during their heyday, they gigged around the city as well for many years and then ended up calling it quits in uh, the early to mid-2000s. During the pandemic, Mark got the uh, itch to create music again, started writing some music of a very different sort um, and releasing it under the name of Cosmic Bowl. The first track we just listened to was called Joe Namath Moment. It's the first single from Cosmic Bowl's 27 by 2 EP which was released this last March so we're going to dig in now chat with Mark learn about what he's been up to since coming out of his hiatus with Cosmic Bowl and learn all about the project I actually remember your voice from Sumo back in the day oh okay I've, I've very seen cool you guys at Elbow Room and I've, I think I've seen you mm. maybe once or twice with a liquid soul too back in the okay back in the back in the day so yeah sure yeah, so, yeah, that wasn't a regular thing, but that was, yeah, that was pre-Sumo right. Sunday Nights at Elbow, because that was back at Elbow yeah. Room when Liquid Soul was there. Right, so that's, yeah, that's kind of how far I go back a little bit, too. Uh, but I, I remembered your voice, I'm like, because it, it, the, the register, it's like, not that many people <laughs> sing in that register, it's like Tom Waits, 
Scott Walker and I know Bowie that it wasn't his natural speaking voice, but he, he you know, kind of went down like, like almost like that. Like, trying yeah, to as he got range. older, I think he tended to kind of go to a, yeah, more of a baritone range, but that that's you, man, you, you're right there. So, yeah, I mean, I've, cool. I've told other people this too. It's not really by choice. It's just kind of right. the voice I was, uh, I kind of have a more of a radio DJ voice than a radio yeah. singing voice. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, that's, that's awesome. It's very distinct. Um, once I heard that and then I'm just like, okay, where have I heard this before? And I, I did some of my research and just, I remember the name a little bit too, but you know, we're going back 20 years. Um, so, uh, you know, remembered Sumo and then I was checking some of that out again. And then I listened to, uh, the 27 by two stuff. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that if you want a bit. Too. Yeah. Or, um, so yeah, I, I guess, yeah, we could kind of kick things off. So, um, so with cosmic bull, the, the, the name leads a lot of questions for me. Um, <laughs> okay. and this is, this could be one of those, like, I, you think about it as like artistic interpretations of things. Like what is, yeah. what, what does the audience think? I mean, you can look at cosmic bull as okay. There's the astrological sign of Taurus. I'm a Taurus. Right. So I, I hit that right away. Yep. Second, the second is cosmic bull. Well, you can look at that as religion or, or just astrology in general. Like the idea of like, okay, this this idea of mythology and it's just bull, or, or, you know, <laughs> it's like it's okay, like it's right. BS, right? Right, okay. exactly. Or you know, for me, the, the other the other bit is like, you know, there's the papal bull. Well, there's the cosmic bull. Okay, well, maybe there's this uh, all kind of like Walt Ralph Waldo Emerson. I think had the idea of the Oversoul or this other entity in the universe, and his misses were the cosmic bull. Maybe it's that. I don't know. But just kind of curious, like kind of where the concept of Cosmic Bull comes from in terms of either just the idea behind it or, or even just. I'll give you another one like first yeah. before I do that. That's okay. totally yeah. also wrong, okay. <laughs> but it's but it's actually really interesting. OK. In ancient pre-Islam Arabic culture. OK. There's this there's this cosmic bull with like four thousand heads. Or I, I don't even oh, really know oh, how to. Wow. Yeah, some right. very intimidating creature. Right. But that's not this cosmic bull. The cosmic oh. bull that I'm I'm talking about right now, and I I, I came up with that uh, name for a band before I even had any concept or any songs I wanted to do or anything. I just thought that was like the best name I'd ever heard of for a band. So I'm grabbing that for myself. And right. the reason the way, the reason I felt so strongly about it is. Because it's well, first of all, you got the heaven and earth, right? Right, and that's the whole iron butterfly, Led Zeppelin, all that kind of stuff that works with that. Yep. And then you have, uh, it's for me personally, it's it's kind of like the creative endeavor is kind of in a if you if you really care about it, it's actually not that easy. It's easy to maybe jump on the bull once, but then you get thrown off and you have ah, to get back on again, right? So it's you you find yourself creating something and then trying to share it with the world and everything. And then it either doesn't do it. You hope it would or or people have some other ideas about what it should be or whatever. And, sure. you know, and you kind of get bucked off of it. But the whole idea is keep getting back on as yeah. any as all the, you know, the best bull rodeo rodeo guys would say, you know, right. you get back up on that bull. So for, so the cosmic bull to me is just is a, is a concept about the creative process, the creative. Yeah. You know where you can kind of get you can get banged up doing it, but you know right. it's it's part of the it's get part of the whole it. deal. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, that's that's great. And yeah. um, so you came back into doing this. Uh, you took a bit of a hiatus. Um, I'll say <laughs> a little bit. Uh -huh. Um, and then what what drew you back into wanting to do music again after such a long period? I think it. So I didn't really know the answer to that right away, but yeah. I think now I know that it was the world had just gone too cuckoo. Yeah. And I'm like, what I noticed also was that there weren't a lot of people kind of remarking on it. Or if they were, if they were remarking on it, I'm talking about Trump and I'm talking about right. you know, white nationalism and all that kind of stuff. And it's not right. just, I'm not just anti-white nationalism, although I'm definitely that. Right. Um, but it's, it's more like the, the social structure and the, and the, boy, what's the right, term i want to use mm -hmm. kind of the social contract that we make with each other as, as human beings and as americans in this country with freedom of speech and all this kind of stuff is right. completely getting strained and it's strained and it's it is strained on both sides i don't want to really emphasize that so much but it's true i mean there's people on the left who are just as not wanting to listen to you know i'm talking about just people that you can't if, unless you were agreed with they don't want to hear it 
You're right. And you, and then we're not sharing ideas anymore, are we? So I wanted to, so so I wanted to give some opportunity to, and I don't think I really would even have a concept about exactly what I wanted to write about all the time, but I would have some sort of general sense of a, of a cause of what needs to be expressed, if that makes any sense to you. Okay. And in doing that, I, I think I found my way to certain things, environmentalism or, or just, um, just, uh, classicism. There's a song on, on the EP called Your Halcyon Days. And it it's one of those ones that fell together. I don't you songwriters out there will know this feeling. It, it fell together in about an hour or two okay. where like it all just kind of went and there it is. Okay. And I wasn't, I wasn't judging it. I wasn't doing anything, but it all came down to how the people in the ivory towers are dealing with the people on the streets during the riots of 2020. Okay. And I, th- I think what's key about that, and I'm not patting myself on the back saying I did this, but, but this, you asked me why I'm getting back into it. It's to, yeah. kind of, it's to kind of document the world that we're living in right now in a way that I wasn't hearing elsewhere. Right. Even Neil Young was getting too on the nose with this stuff he's been writing lately. Or if he was like one song he came out with like five years ago. Right. Sorry, that's the, um, the neighborhood I live in. It's okay. Um, and, um, uh, and, and that's one thing I wanted to say is that I don't think you, it's, I don't think it's the right thing to say exactly what it is you're, you're writing a song about or what it is you exactly want to express. You need to describe it. Right. And you, you kind of leave that, you leave that figure um, seen by just describing everything around it. Right. Okay. You know, it's like an empty space. Right. Because if you, if you start saying it, then you kind of break the spell and then you're no longer, I don't think then, then you're no, no, now you're just kind of like your virtue signaling or your, you know, now you are patting yourself on the back for being so right on right. with this whole thing. I wanted it to come from an emotional point of view more than I wanted it to come from a top down kind of like, here's why I'm so important. And here are the songs I'm writing. Right. I want them to be th- thought of that way, but I don't want it to come off as, as, you know, pretentious or whatever. Right. I don't know if, if you've, if you've listened to my songs, I don't know if you feel that there is, an element of that but i definitely try hard not to have that be the case yeah no i i i get I, I get where you're going i get where you're going with that um and i didn't pick up on any sort of like performance or pre- pretense kind of the vibe with any of the material I've listened to and the stuff we're gonna play tonight so but i filled it up very... full of pretense and i stripped it no, all no, back no. and I was <laughs> <laughs> polished it down a little bit yeah little buffed paper. the edges right yeah give it a nice shine um no, I mean, the, the one thing that did strike me is there was a very earnest and kind of heartfelt sincerity to what you were getting across in, ter- across in terms of emotional conviction. Good. And I think that, you know, some of it's experience, you know, you, you being a musician for, you know, the time you've been here, um, mm. being able to kind of like hone in on that craft a little bit too speaks to some of that, um, where somebody who might be a little bit uh, on the, on heart sleeve the sleeves of uh, trying to find the weight right to put it, but the their sleeve is right in the heart and they're just, just th- tossing it out there where that might come off a little bit differently but there's a little bit more of a an introspection in it but that that earnestness, right. what i just said was i think the key to that don't yeah. say exactly what it is you're talking about describe <laughs> it just seriously right. that's what filmmakers yeah, yeah. do that all the time they're right. not actually you know they're, they're kind of they're showing you the, right. the rat skittering through the alley or they're showing yeah. you like the, that's danger you know like that you don't say hey he's in a dangerous situation right now right. Right. so right yeah that's that um being able to get that emotional content without being either preachy or just too obvious about it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. yeah People yeah, get yeah. it. Your audience gets it. I, right. well, I want to, I want to believe they do. They want to feel it. They want right. to, you know, they want to yeah. feel it and they right. want it. They want to understand it for themselves. And they want to interpret for themselves. Right. What's going on here. And that also allows for other, <laughs> other kind of uh, definitions of what's going on in the song. Right. Like somebody else might be saying, like, you just described a song I totally thought was completely about something else than what you just said it was about, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Because, and that's fine too. And Cosmic Bull, it could be, you know, you must mean the the mythological creature from ancient Arabia, <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> so it's okay. It's fine that, that there's, oh, right. there's different interpretations and that kind of adds to the, I don't know, I think that makes it more interesting in some ways. Yeah. So uh, with your, your, uh, release that came out earlier uh 27 by two so there's a very again we're going to 
the reference of the 27 club, which, you know, yeah, uh, that's it. Folks, folks who are uh, not around in the late sixties are aware of the things that happened in the late sixties with some of the more famous rock stars at the time who all passed away at the age of 27. Um, you've gone basically you, you've lapped that twice now <laughs> exactly um so, <laughs> i've lived so, the life of two rock stars, and two rock stars kudos to you man that that's awesome and to be able to come back in and, and just feel like you're, you're making some some music that's you know, you're, you're resonating with and it, it's it's good um it's an interesting perspective and i keep thinking like okay is there you know like tw- two times around with that like okay is there a prize <laughs> yeah i'm working on it yeah right like it's like the bottom of the cracker jack or the 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 second one it's like i got you too all right i made it Uh, yeah so the third one would be well i haven't even done the math about that like what would that be it'd be 80 81 right yeah that's like jazz legend like you're just yeah yeah and like very nicely crocheted capes and just you're able (laughs) you're able to float like above the stage just by thinking about it you know you get like superpowers at that point i'll bring a i'll put like a sunny rollins beard on exactly right you know? sun ra marshall allen kind of vibe you know mm. like you're just you're just in that 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 realm of a good consciousness right so the whole thing it's a little bit of a joke i guess yep. to say 27 by 2 because it's right. I, obviously i'm not you know right uh, even i don't even want to be you know one of those crazy rock stars anyway and when you get to be my age you understand why right you yeah. know it's just it's just not it's just not worth it to kind of go through all that i think right. when you're younger you you try to you really want to push you know the, the levels of what it is your experience on the on earth can be exactly. and so people go too far right um uh, uh but just just saying that you know but also i, I want to also represent something like all right i'm coming at this from another angle than most people who are coming out with new music yeah who aren't already famous i mean there's people who right. are 54 now 55 right that are doing new music but you've already heard of them right you know? yeah uh and and uh so so being kind of fresh on the scene i wanted to kind of like start off by admitting that <laughs> i got yeah. a little longer in the tooth than most people right. you can hear from yeah, yeah i don't there's, think there's anything wrong with it and and that's God. and and it's fine and as long as i'm not just trying to harken back to the old you know i'm not, no, playing. not at all right I want to do new stuff. I want to do like what I consider yeah. new sounding rock. And matter of fact, it's funny because everybody's like, yeah, Mark, you really got this indie thing going on. And I'm like, well, I think I'm writing pop tunes, man. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right on the nose with that. It, it, the, the pop, the sensibilities are definitely ringing through for me when I take a listen to the stuff. Um, you know, the, the, the indie, there's a little bit of an indie aesthetic, but it, it's, it's slight. To me, it's more like well-crafted pop with, some okay. good arrangement and some good production values um yeah you know thank you and yeah I, I think we need more of that you know um yeah me too not the the machine pop that's coming out now it's just you know just strong writing and then but, you know understand their way around the studio you could tell the difference you can yeah. tell if a human being wrote a song or if a computer wrote a song i yeah. i know you can yeah. the problem is well what i consider the problem that not enough people care. <laughs> They're just right. like, yeah, well, I don't care. It was written by a computer. It sounds great. I can dance to it in the clubs with my friends, you know. And that's, yeah. I guess, if that's all you really want music to do, then yeah, that's then then you know go about it. But I think there's a, a a shift with that too, just with the medium itself. I mean, you know, coming from vinyl, then down to going to cassette and going obviously CDs, and then going into this digital format now of getting everything on streaming. Um, music becomes a, a soundtrack, you know, to, to people's lives. Um, so that that uh, active listening time that kind of diminishes, and you know, it really shortens that attention span to like whatever the, the hook is, I guess, right? Um, yeah, but there, yeah. But You're I right. Think there's a there's a there's definitely a current against that. You you know, yourself included of like, okay, music is a thing to be enjoyed. It's still a thing to be experienced. It's it's you know we grew up with like reading uh, gatefold liner notes or the, the cassette yeah. or the cd liner notes and, and checking that, that thing you went and got to the record store and, and popping that in whatever it is cassette cd or putting on the vinyl um the the, the open up uh, the lp that opens up into this whole thing yeah. of like artwork and concerts, yeah. you know pictures right. and stuff yeah and it's it's an experience unto itself i was explaining this to my my son um a few years ago 
um because for him it, like you know, definitely child of the digital age and it took him to a to a record store an old school record store it's got that nice musty smell in it and you walk in and you know i'm, I'm there picking up some jazz albums and then like i think it finally clicked for him it's like oh this is this is a thing you do it's like i go into the library or it's like it's like or a, a museum I'm like well I so the, don't make it sound that antique but but that boring right yeah i know i mean come on you know but i like but that's the thing is like this could be a way to experience it was a way to experience art and you know hopefully it either comes back or there's a balance of that where music just isn't this commoditized soundtrack that people can just pop in on their way to work or when they're doing the bike ride or a run or whatever yeah, I mean, you have to, you used to have to sit down in front of your stereo. Exactly. And, to, you know. and you were committed to that half hour for that side or that 45 minutes yeah. or 90 minutes for that CD or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I'm sure it encouraged lots of drug use. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Right. Yep. 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 So, um, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, but I think, you know, being able to think of that context and then getting back to the importance of like, the parts in the whole of having the good songs that kind of set the pace on that album that's that's a no that's a that's a dying art form like cursive you know like <laughs> yeah like actually having a set of songs well i've also right. found that since coming yeah. out with this ep and i really did mean the songs to be in a particular order right it's really hard to get it like that because if you go onto youtube those songs are there but they're in whatever right. order yeah, they the, al- the algorithm up. chooses right or it's just yeah like, right, right 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 yeah so and i don't know and that's i guess because we're still in that thing right now we're still doing singles and we're right. not really doing albums but i i, right. I imagine if we're around long enough yeah it'll come we back. will see it we'll see it swing back i mean you you yeah. already you hear it with some artists i mean kanye west will do like whole albums right like con like not really even concept albums but just like ones that sound of a particular piece yeah like there was his fever dream for a month and here's and he came out with it and it doesn't sound like anything else he did and it's amazing you know yep yeah um just ask him <laughs> he'll tell you <laughs> but uh yeah uh but so i don't think it's dead but i don't it's certainly not it's not where it's at right now you know no. it's not it's not no. where the thing was but again it wasn't then either back when chuck berry was coming out with no. singles or elvis or whatever it wasn't until the beatles did the album and like insisted that their albums be put in a particular order right that that even happened so that's like what 55 years ago or something yeah and they're, they're picking that up off of like like columbia with like people like sinatra and sinatra went from singles to like the idea of like an arranged album like the stuff he did i think was like yeah and, and yeah. i'm probably being overly simplistic it might have been uh, frankie it might have been like yeah. might have been miles but davis the, it, but they it all been picked a lot up they all picked up from that and brought that into that rock pop context though right yeah because like, otherwise you're right. you're out there selling merchandise this single has got to right. make the yeah. top of the charts right and you then you'll have to do another one and in three months right and it's a very limited just that there's a limited medium in that sense too right yeah um yes yeah, so i hear i hear that too so um yeah with uh just kind of going back to your ep with 27 by two times two or by two i don't know by two whatever it's fine yeah cool um x2 what when you were sitting down i mean i'm I'm assuming you kind of wrote the stuff out and you kind of worked with the the different folks you had to put it together um was there a a concept concept around the the material at first or kind of like yeah kind of yeah because i'd done a couple singles yeah i'd done a couple singles before that before that before i put that all together and the singles were this one environmental tune is one song one about like the frustrations of being on social media whatever yeah and then i i said okay so what's if i do if i do an ep and i was thinking maybe a whole album i was like well that might be a little much so i did i put together six songs not all of them did i even have words to at the time but i i felt they flowed well together um they were almost all new songs except for the third and the sixth song were from you know either like three years or even longer ago um and i just figured then they were kind of like good touchstones to kind of like work through what it is i mean to say and what do i mean to say as an older dude yeah new music uh coming out with it what what do i want to do and i kind of came up with a very loose concept that no one is really kind of is taking on is it basically that okay so i'm i'm selling you me through these right. songs as a, a mature person who has some answers to what the world's all about that maybe you all don't and then as time goes on 
so that's the beginning. It's kind of the big promise, you know, the big sell. And then the the Halcyon Days song is is kind of more like. And first thing is you gotta like get into ship shape and and stop all this. You gotta get sensitive to what's going on around you. And then there's one after. Then the one after that, which is an older tune, is called the Sweet Art of Holding On. And that one is it is, right. it is kind of the the one that actually has uh, a, some benefit of my experience of how to deal with stress and and disorientation and uh anxiety and things and and what i do is i put myself in the context of the entire world the entire universe and then i see myself in that thing so at first it seems like oh it's so insignificant it means nothing but actually i'm part of this whole thing i'm actually living part of it and that then that's i think a, a nice way to kind of reframe what's going on in one's life anyway so that was the third song and then I decided I was going to fuck it up. <laughs> Sorry if I can't say that word on your podcast. But, oh, you're um, good. You're good. All right. Uh, and, and then I was going to, because then how do these things go usually? You're going to like spend all this, spend money to kind of like follow this guy down a, a rabbit hole. And where is he going to take you? Well, it gives you a little bit of, it gives you a little bit of advice that, that actually could do you some good. And then right away, it goes into the Joe Namath moment, which is a little bit of the lecherous yeah. older guy thing. And I hope Joe Namath, if he ever does hear the song takes it well, because I love that guy. And I think he's so cool. He's still around. He's still doing all those, like um, call this number on your screen. <laughs> like right. I don't know, it's like some senior thing right. benefits or something. Right. Um, I'm not quite that old yet. So I don't know what he's talking about, but um, yeah. that, but I, I, it's a, and then it goes to, all right, maybe this thing is coming off the rails. Yeah. So maybe, it, maybe this isn't really what it was meant to be in the first place. And then the very end is another old song. And that one is uh, about, you know, just the fact yeah. that I tried to make a connection with you all. It's almost like a defeatist kind of thing in a weird, again, my sense of humor is a little bit wry and maybe, right. Maybe not all that funny actually, but anyway, so it's like, it's, it comes down to, uh, uh, the, the effort of, of connecting with people is half the battle. And right. at least I've, at least I've achieved that. Yeah. Yeah, you so that's it. that's that's basically if that means anything i mean that's what it meant to me that's why i put the song together that way and then if you want to find out how i did it because it i think you're under the impression that there was a, a ton of people that were involved with with making this but there really were not it was just and the I'll, people you had kind of have listed out i'll totally explain yeah, well, yeah that's true so we did we did yeah. bring them in but i'll tell you i i put down all six songs yeah with with a click track and a guitar and okay. and my voice yeah. at uh, my friend Scott Tallarita's place, uh, Trigger Chicago. It's an awesome okay. uh, meeting space and event space and a, okay. um, uh, a casting call space. And uh, and in the back, he's got this great setup, uh, this recorded, uh, he's, got a, he's got a recording studio in the back. And I'd worked with, uh, with him there in the past. That's a great, fun, interesting, creative place. And just threw all the songs down and said, go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so he took these songs and I put as many voices on as I could think of and as many bass lines as I could come up with. And so I put in all of me and then he brought in Kevin O'Donnell on the drums and he brought in uh, Neutron Cole on percussion. And for one song, we brought in uh, Paul Von Mertens for a saxophone solo with Joe Namath moment. Okay. And I think that's it. And the rest of it's all Scott. It's all him oh, coming wow. up with wild interludes and and different uh keyboard patches and and uh and just found sounds and every just it's it's extraordinary i knew it would be because i know how creative he is and i know we've been yeah. working together for a while so i knew that he knew what i wanted right but instead of me trying to direct him every step of the way i just said have at it you know hey, see good. what you can come up with yeah and it was such a great <laughs> that was such the right thing to do because it's it's I listen to those songs now and I can hear new things in it. And I listen to them all a thousand times. Right. Right. Oh, that's cool. So, I mean, that completely, you're, you hit the, the nail on the head with that. I was envisioning something different. Um, but it, it's cool that you have that economy with working with Scott and then just um, also that level of comfort, like just to the, the uh, familiarity and just being able to trust what he was doing with that as well. Yeah. And it, it's great, great catch. Yeah. I'm stuttering here. Great set of tunes uh, um, from a production standpoint. Yeah. So, yeah. I agree. I, thank you. Yeah. But I think he yeah. really did a lot of that. Like he would have right. these, 
Yeah. He would have these ideas with, with Kevin O'Donnell on the kit. And he goes, do me a favor. Just play like quarter time. Right. <laughs> and we were like, he's like, all right, what? And he's okay. like, okay, now I want you to do like fills. So he would come up with this like Manu cachet, like Peter Gabriel kind of a thing. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I, and I wouldn't even know that's what he was doing until he was like kind of assembling the whole thing right. later. So he really stepped up in that producer role to kind of really bring he, up the it's amazing the now, songs. Yeah. If that guy wasn't so busy doing everything else in his life, he yeah. would be. Uh, I mean, he is. He's an amazing producer. Yeah, he's great. And the uh, and so uh, Paul von Mertens is is the other uh, amazing musician that's produced stuff, and he basically does everything. I mean, he's brought in a drummer from here or there. Yeah. Um, uh, some other horns, maybe. Uh, uh, for some of the stuff that we've worked on together, but he'll do the backup vocals. He'll do all the keyboards, do all the, you know, most of the horn sections. I mean, this guy, you know, he arranges and he performs with Brian Wilson. So you don't get, you know, it's okay. kind of, that's, it's very, it's, it's good company to keep. I imagine if yeah. you can get that kind of gig, but yeah. um, so when he was, so COVID was, was beneficial for me in that regard because he was no longer gone all the time on tour right. so he was home and he lives around the corner from me okay so i was like hey paul <laughs> we've right. been talking about this for 10 years you know you record some of my songs and we worked on it yeah. and so we've even done stuff since the ep including this double single thing i don't know if okay. you want to get into that yeah so it's a it's a yeah. it's a funny <laughs> it's yeah. a kind of funny story yeah about a new song that i was recording uh oh. that i wrote on a ukulele unless you know unless you know people unless you know people okay um, you know, and and this is definitely one of those ones. Well, another one of those ones that just kind of came out quickly. I didn't know what I was writing about, but it kind of told me. Mm -hmm. And it's about you know, people are a pain in the ass. But what <laughs> yes. choice do we have? Right. We have to deal, we have to deal with each other. So that's right. So I, I just went there. Right. And uh, and I wrote it on a ukulele because ukuleles, even though they're a little corny, they're awesome for writing songs. If anybody's, because you have four strings, right. they're not like a regular guitar. So right. you can come up with all kinds of voicings that you would never have come up with otherwise. Right. right. Okay. And um, so I like it for that. And uh, so this one is one of those songs that I, I put together. And I said, Paul, I, you know, you, you need to actually music, musicify this. Right. Add some stuff that actually makes sense, you know, and he did. And uh, and then and he had a, he kind of brought up this he kind of made it sound I don't think it sounds like Tom Waits but it definitely has a an older kind of a yeah a vibe to it yeah so let's um, let people hear uh, the first version of this this is unless you know people by Cosmic Bull and this is the Paul one, Mertens version two one two three. <laughs> It's the call that can't wait All the talk that's not straight Are we better now? Hard to see Let me ask you if you had some time And I let you know my mind Would you hear me out Or refuse to understand me? Of all the lessons I've learned all the times I got burned That I always had someone I could run to Maybe it's all just beyond me I'm not blind but can't see Where's the kumbaya and daisy chains On your mind but off your hands They'll never sing your song Unless you Trying to be true 
that you wanted mine Which one? Nah, you dear It's clear I'm here, you're here Let's see how we agree The point is, my dear It's time to make clear How we get along If we don't, minds will never change Maybe that's what we're supposed to do Figure out the meaning Long enough shrouded up in mystery And whatever principles are key What they say about you and me Do they loosen up what's tightly wound Stand as one or stand your ground Then never sing your songs Unless you know people And the world will never call your name Then my idea was, and this is the funny part, I think, the, the, I said, let's let's take what we have and turn it over to Scott and see what kind of bells and whistles he can put on the top of it. Okay. And so Paul goes, all right, let's try it. And he, he sends the thing over to Scott and Scott's like, ooh, I'm going to rip this thing apart. <laughs> and so Paul's like, uh, what? <laughs> like, I don't know if I like this idea. And I was like, all right, so that's fine. Paul, if you're not done, if you want to just push it, to where you're going i say do it and i'll have scott take what he, you gave him and yeah. he'll do that thing and i'll just have the same song done twice okay i mean it's kind of like a remix idea yeah 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 exactly right it's the call that can't wait all the talk that's not straight are we better now hard to see let me ask you if you had some time and I let you know my mind Would you hear me out Or refuse to understand me Of all the lessons I've learned All the times I got burned Did I always have Someone I could run to Maybe it's all just beyond me I'm not blind but can't see Where's the kumbaya Don't 
minds will never change Maybe that's what we're supposed to do Figure out the me and you It's been long enough Shrouded up in mystery Then whatever principles are key What they say about you and me Do they loosen up what's tightly wound Stand as one or stand to ground Actually, a video that we did of both of them together in the same place, in the same actually in Trigger Chicago, the same place. Okay, that I was talking about before. Um, and so I don't, you know, the guy who the guy who uh, directs directed that video is not done with the edit process because he's partying in Croatia right now. <laughs> so, and I've heard that's a lot of fun. Like yeah. on the Adriatic, they've got all these like nightclubs and caves off the islands and stuff, and you know, so. I don't know when they, I don't, I really don't want to pressure him too much. Cause I understand. He's got to come be, down from all that. <laughs> yeah, Maybe, or maybe he'll have <laughs> be inspired somehow, you know, but I don't know right. where he's going to you know, find time. That's probably the, the main thing. Right, um, right, but anyway, right. so that that's the next thing that's going to come out uh, for okay. cosmic bull. And so it's kind of unique in that way. Right. Cause I don't have any videos yet. And that'll be the first one of those. Okay. And the double single thing. I mean, I, I think that way, first of all, it forces people to listen to it twice. Okay. And that's, and I think that helps, you know, if you can get people to listen to your song more, because I know this now, and if you're a musician, you know it too. You record a song and you make sure that everything's like, Ooh, I don't know. Should I say if, or should I say, but, or all these little tiny minute things that go through your head and you're like, well, you just kind of agonize over it all. And And then, and then you send it to somebody who you really want to get their real take on it. And they're basically like checking a box. Like, Oh, I listened to it. (laughs) And they're like, it's fine. It's good. You know, they didn't really, they, they played it, they played it and they, they let it kind of wash over the ears a little bit, yep. but they didn't really dig into it. They didn't really kind of like go at what it was about or whatever. Cause that's just not, I don't know why. I don't know if I would do the same thing. I would hope that I wouldn't now, especially after going through this, that most people are just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they'll, they'll, they'll reference something in like the first like 30 seconds, <laughs> because if they remember, right. you know, yeah. that's all they listen to or something, you know? So, uh, um, but so we listened to it twice and then having those two different sonic directions for the song, I think is also very interesting. Um, what are some of the other things that you have going, going on now that you're sort of um, active as a musician again? Yeah. Well, you've been learning. playing at Montrose a little bit, right? Yeah. Montrose saloon. Yeah. I played two gigs there. I just played there last week okay. and uh, it was, yeah, it was really well received. Like that place is really cool because yep. obviously you have to have the music inside because it's a neighborhood. Right. Um, and, you know, it's also got this awesome outdoor area. So there was probably lots of people there that maybe weren't necessarily listening to the whole show. But those people right. that that were in the room stayed. And that's yeah. that's great. You know, and I'm just playing solo acoustic. Right. So you're going to stick around for an hour long or plus. I think I was there for longer than that. And and just to be just playing songs that you never heard before. It's like that's pretty good. You know, that's that's a good that's a yeah. good vibe. Uh, people got uh, got into it. Um I've been jamming with this keyboard player who I've known for a very long time okay. named Jim Denu. And Jim Denu is, is fantastic. He played, he's, if, if you know, there's a talking heads tribute band called this must be the band. Okay. Yeah. And he's the Bernie Worrell guy. So okay. he's, you know, so he plays all of those, you know, crazy. He so, could do all the, the fun parts. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so I was thinking Jim, because um, 
with with what Scott Tallarita had bring to had brought to the EP, and even what Paul had brought uh, from a musical perspective, just yeah. the the volumes of stuff that they were putting on these songs it was like so impractical in some ways. Like I wasn't really thinking like, how am I going to perform this song right. sounding like this? Well, I don't think there is a really good way to do that. But what I can do is fill it in with as much interesting sounding stuff, which is basically all I did in the first place. Right. But do it in a live setting. Um, so yeah, my, so anyway, so Jim got up on the, you know, how they have like a stand up, uh, a piano there off to the mm -hmm. side of the stage. Right. I'm just jamming the end of this song and the people like people are up and, and boogieing. And then yeah. he jumps on the piano and he starts hammering away. And I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> so we were like, yes. Yeah. So we like kind of got down like this five minute, like Jim Danu solo on the piano. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's great. Cool. So anyway, so we're trying to, yeah. So we're actually the, the, the learning process for me has been, uh, you can't just put out songs and expect like all of a sudden people are going to listen to them all the time and, and have it be their new big thing. Some people <laughs> might, but most people are not going to do that. What they want to know is, and I, I think right. I figured this out too in over time. Yeah. They want to know that you're actually, that you have skin in the game, that you actually care about what it, what's going on. They don't want you to like ditch them once they've gotten invested, like emotionally invested in the songs you're putting out. And that means you have to be out there. I didn't even want to play any gigs. I really thought I was going to get away with not playing any gigs. Just being a studio guy and just putting out stuff. And just putting out songs. Now you could, pro if you're somebody the XTC, of a particular XTC thing, right? Yeah, yeah, but you have to already, but they already had to tour the States before they could even get to that point. I mean, they'd be saying, like, Steely Dan never toured. Well, Steely Dan toured probably about like, I and mean, they really they were very lucky because they got signed right away and all that. But they probably did tour like two or three like major times or more. Right. And there's just there's just no way around it. And so and I'm not talking about going on long tours. I really don't no. care. I'd, I'd be happy just being just playing gigs in Chicago with yeah. a band, but with right. a band. Right. Yeah. I'm not just going to play the solo acoustic. I need those. I need extra sounds. I need extra vibe. I need extra feeling. I need extra. It brings out and, all that energy with the other members to contribute all that. Really. That's it. And then I think the, that's where the audience kind of jumps in too. And they kind of get with it. Cause I mean, I'm what I'm bringing to the table might be distinctive, but it's limited. You know, right. it's not, there's only so much I'm going to be able to, to entertain you with. So right. it's yeah. nice to be able to have other people. And, and I kind of have the idea of what, what I want it to be. And, uh, and we're kind of working through that now. And I don't know, I guess it's just a matter of time before we can actually put something together and see how it goes, but have a, have a good feeling about it. That's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. And it sounds, I mean, that's been a, a regular thread with, pretty much all my guests of like we're getting in the over this this covid hill i guess or pandemic yeah hill. what are you gonna do now yeah exactly and I, I mean the catharsis of being able to play live again i'm actually about to experience that myself my band is going to be back this weekend for oh, our first good. legit gig and we're just over the moon you know congratulations um, thank you but like that that that, ex that experience of that catharsis of like it's almost like a full reset of like when he started playing music in the first place, in a sense, a lot of the, the some of the other guests I've had on too, where it's just like, man, it just feels so good. You feel alive again, you know? Mm. So it's yeah. Being out there playing live, you mean in front of people. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Just not, not like secluded in like your room or behind a video screen or whatever it is. Um, or having to have these limited things. It's just more getting more back to that, that what you're kind of talking about with your EP of like, having those connections again, having to interact and, you know, um, and there's the, 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 the human value and the humanity in that, you know, yeah. being able to see, be able to be in that room and, and share that experience with your audience and bandmates or, or whoever you're playing with or whatever it is, you know? Right. I, my, though, going back to what you were originally saying about having a deep voice singing yeah. songs is actually not a very, Good thing to have when you're playing with a big live loud rock band, I have to say. How, how do you how do you cut through the mix? Exactly, <laughs> I'm 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 competing with every floor tom and kick you, you drum do. and and you make, and you bass make it work right. And, well, I, I do because I do it in recordings right now. Right, right. <laughs> and yeah. the thing is, when I and so playing live, so that's so you heard me in sumo. Yeah, we we're lucky yeah. enough to have a really good engineer yeah. and yeah, a sound guy who got right. fired once they put all the condos in around that neighborhood though. Yeah. You remember this? So we would yeah. like they, before right. that it was like an, an elbow room back in like the mid nineties was like a relatively industrial part of like yeah. West Lakeview. Yeah. 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 And there was like a chicken coop, 
like right on Lincoln Avenue, like right across yeah. the place. They would actually yeah. have chickens there. Right. It was wild. Yeah. And yeah. and then the, the the train tracks would come through for the whatever, like bringing the right. trucks of whatever. I, so and then when they were starting to build those uh those condos and everything it was like well whatever that's fine it was, right. they're, you know, if you're gonna buy a place it's right next to a nightclub of course you can expect music late night <laughs> but they weren't they would totally have these like they call the cops and they like shut down the place it's too loud what was yeah. too loud though can i just tell you it was the low tones right. and you know this too because you go right. to a club and you hear like some loud light lead guitar and it's like it's hitting your ear but right. those fast sound waves they don't, don't really travel that right. far. They, they fizzle out once you get outside the room, right? It's those it's low base. ones that really crumble brick, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's where I needed to be, where this dude, Bob, used to have to dial me up yep. way on the low end in order to, for me to hear myself and then for the crowd to hear me with a 10-piece band. Right, yeah. You know, and that was, it was, it took some doing. He got it done, though, and he, I don't he know found anybody your else. He found he, your frequency notch of like where you won't compete with the bass. But he got fired because, right, right. you know, and I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> it's with people, you know. Right. So but that's that's the that's the life, you know. So, yeah. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if I go through all that again. <laughs> but I don't yeah. think so. I think because now, first of all, I'm not going to have 10 people in the band. Right. And I think the way I want to I, I really do want to kind of have control over what not only the material is, but like how it gets presented and how it, yeah. how, how we look and, 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 and kind of do it in a more um, thematic way, if that sure. makes sense. And, and part of that would be maybe don't even have a big ass set for the drummer. Right. Maybe have some loops. Yeah. Because those will get thrown through the, through the PA. Right. And I'm not competing with them on stage. And you can make it as loud as you want to out in the house. But in our like setting, we could be like, I could record in, I could be like jamming with people in my basement, which is not that big. Right. But kind of get the right sound and get the right balance and all that. And then bring it out to somewhere and kind of continue that. So I'm not pushing it. I'm not, I don't also don't want to strain. I mean, I, that, that's the one thing I hear a lot, even with great, not Daryl Hall, great. Like, like the, he's just still sound awesome no matter what. Right. But this, but the people that you know that are classics, but you yeah. never really want to hear them live compared to hearing their recording, right? Because it just doesn't sound any good. They're lying. You know, Lou Reed, yeah, did, did some great recordings, but yeah. I, he's got some bad live records, right? Let me tell you. Yeah. And uh, and I don't want to I don't want those. You know, I, I want yeah. if I'm going to be playing live, I want it. I know I know it's not going to be perfect and, and whatever. And sometimes you just ca get caught up in the moment and things come out a particular way and you just live with it and roll with it. And it's just fun. If it's in the moment, I think you that's yeah. forgivable for sure. for sure. But I don't want to have to strain over a whole group because I think that's when I that's that's I think that is the main reason that I got out of it. Yeah. Back when I did, I was just like, what am I, what am I knocking my head against the wall for? You had to compete with a lot of uh, different noises on stage for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't know how to deal with it. Now I think right. I have, a, I have an idea at least. We'll see if it works. Yeah. And, yeah. and in the meantime, I can still do, you know, recordings and, and I think still the recordings are going to be where it's at because I think that's where, yeah, that's where I think that's already where, you know, people, you know, the new city guy give it a good review and, you yeah. know, like that kind of stuff. Like, so I'm already, I've already kind of got a little of that. Uh, now it'd be now to kind of expand it and play around different parts of the city, maybe play some yeah, suburbs, maybe play some out of town, maybe still play some festivals, just get it, get right. this sound out, out in public more. Yeah. Love Montreux Saloon and I will always play there, but yeah. um, just to kind of move it on beyond that a little bit. For sure. And um, even as an old guy, you know, that kind of becomes its own <laughs> own novelty. You know, oh, look at the old guy. I wonder if he's wearing a diaper. <laughs> I think those are all his teeth in there. Right. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Luckily, I have my teeth and I have my hair. His, so his, I'm, tone, I'm his tone's a little deeper now. Maybe there's less teeth now. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, I that tone. Well, the tone is deeper now because I spent 20 years just jamming and not caring if I ever come out with anything again. So I just kind of I, I delved into yeah. the deeper register. Yeah, because I wasn't I wasn't trying to prove anything to anybody. It was like that was the comfortable place for me to sing. Right. And it didn't matter. I wouldn't even finish songs. I would, I would like, I have still have like a closet full of jams. Yeah. That don't have any words to them. They're all right. scat. All the, all the, all the melody lines are scats. 
Right. Over time, I'm pilfering from them. I'm stealing the best parts of it and putting them into new stuff, new songs. So there probably won't be any any of that left one day, but there's still a lot of it. There's a lot of it. Right. It's very cathartic. I've always, I've always gone back to guitar and just feel and jam in a bad mood, in a good mood, in a, if I'm too stoned to do anything else, (laughs) whatever it is, I can just kind of get, get there and, and just kind of re it's almost like you're taking a, taking a, a soul bath. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, a meditation or a, a, yeah. a, way, a way to recenter yourself. It is. It's like a it, mantra. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find the same thing. I don't play, I play very different kind of music, but um, yeah, just being able to connect with the instrument and make some music is that's, that's such a form of catharsis and like self therapy. Yeah. Um, even if it's just to rehearse or warm up or whatever, you know, or to not do it, not have any, have no purpose at all. Just, yeah. Just get your rocks off just before I would just do that before going to work. I would just like take a half an hour. Yeah. You know, kind of high on coffee now. Right. Yep. But I've still got some time before I need to make the train. I'm like, okay. (laughs) It's like, just start, just, just jam some stuff. And then if it's good, then you like throw it down and you listen to it later. Like, Whoa. That's pretty good. I think I'll do that one again. Yep. Come back to that and flesh it out a little bit more for sure. 20 years later. Yeah. Come up with an EP. Yeah. (laughs) Very cool. Um, Yeah. So, so yeah, you're going to be getting yourself out there a bit more, putting together a a bit of a group and kind of getting that. Well, anything else you got going on you want to talk about? Uh, Yeah. We we know we got to release, but what what else with your double single, but what else do you you have uh, coming up? Yeah. Uh, well, that's not that's not enough, I guess. Huh? <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, the, well, the movie's premiering next. No, uh, um, <laughs> no, I no, I think it's it's more just kind of getting people used to having it out there. I, I would I'd like to just kind of press it more and kind of get more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. More airplay and more radio stations to get it. You know, back in the day, it used to be uh, Richard Milne, right? Who just retired from WXRT after being there for like quarter century or whatever a long time right um longer he's probably there for 30 years right. and uh it, and and he used to do the local show so right. he used to be able to get played on the radio right in his 30 minute uh segment on sunday nights yep so that was great like it was and then if you, if you got lucky from there they would actually put you in we got as far as mid rotation in a band Ooh. called word bongo that I was in back then. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, uh, but that's, that's not anywhere around anymore. I mean, we, there's, no. there's, there's, there's chirp radio and there's, yeah. um, uh, there's the, you know, WZRD and there's like the few others I'm totally going to, they're going to be mad at me for getting for forgetting them, but there's yep. a lot of, there, there is, there, there's small kind of like college style radio, which is great. And I yeah. certainly don't want to belittle them, but I'm, I'm, I got to set my sights a little bit higher than that now, you know, I'm going to try to get yeah. more airplay somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, Cause I think that's just what the natural thing is. Just kind of go, you know, you're the shark moving forward. And as far as like other plans in it, I think I kind of have to wait to see how these things pan out first. And then I'll have yeah. a better idea where, sure. where the lay of the land is. Sure. Um, and, and at the same time, I'm not really, if it's if it knocks me back a little bit because it's not exactly what I was hoping to do, then I'm always just not do it. You know, I'm not relying on it, right. and I, I think that's that's uh, the fortunate place of being a you know a middle aged guy, and you know with a four hundred one k, you know I don't have to really right. I don't have to like oh my god if I don't make it what am I going to do with my life? Right. I did feel like that when I was young, but right, you know the things change. Yeah, your circumstances are different, and now it's it's art versus trying to make it. You know, you're you're making your art, and you're getting it out there without the constraints of the things you have to do when you're a lot younger. You know, to, to make ends meet. So yeah, and I don't even know back then. I think people like were co- too concentrated. At least I was on on trying to make it big. I don't even think making it means no anything anymore. There's no there's nothing to make it too. I mean, the record industry is gone. You know? There's no pinnacle of no yeah that, right. and there's no there's no even, A&R guys out there that are gonna take a look take a listen and, and get back to you with maybe a deal down the road that's all gone yeah which is I guess in some ways it's more democratic now 
it's yeah. kind of better that everybody has a shot at at least getting a, across to their own audience. Yeah, you have to do more work up front for sure, and you have to just kind of keep grinding away at it. But it's yeah, it's more honest in that sense too. I mean, you know, if you're you're really you're coming at it with the right the right angles and you know paying attention and stuff, it's probably more rewarding. Um, as opposed to just trying to pull all the eggs in one basket, I'm like, oh, I gotta get signed. Or, oh, yeah, or like your goal is to like ride right. around in a limo all the time. And right. Like, maybe you should like focus on, you know, <laughs> right. becoming an investment banker or something. You know, right. to yeah. do something different. You know, dealer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Deal some drugs. Yeah. Until you get killed, you might be able to ride around in a little limo for a while. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's that's a different landscape now. But I think in some ways it is. It's more like you're saying, more democratic. It's a, in some ways a bit more rewarding because you have full control over everything you know yeah and um, it's kind of on you if it sucks exactly right <laughs> it's like you can't blame you can't blame anybody right yeah, you can't yeah. blame emi for, for getting a bad producer you know right. it's all on you right right your producer is the guy that lives next door right? <laughs> literally around the corner <laughs> although it's great i mean i honestly i'm very yeah. lucky that's the thing too like i yeah. kind of especially when montrose saloon came in i was like how am i not doing this Right. <laughs> like how can, how am I still here in right. my basement and not there? It right. just doesn't it does not add up. I don't yeah. want to be on my deathbed being like, oh my God, Mantra Saloon, why didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so a lot of it is a lot of it is so that's part of what I was thinking too. It's like, so I stopped doing all this stuff when I was like 35 years old. Right. Because I said, oh, I'm too old. Right. And I'm now just too old to do this. Right. And now I'm kind of like, well, I'm kind of too old not to do it because, I mean, what do I what, how much time I got well, left? Exactly. Right. You know, or am I going to be in another 20 years? You know, exactly. play, you know, I, now I can still play gigs. So, right. you know, might as well take advantage of that. Exactly. Yeah. It's more like I get you know, to me more about the art and being able to get that thing that's in burning in the back of your head or your heart or whatever it is out. Um, yeah. Because yeah, time time doesn't slow down at all. So right. I, I hear that hundred percent. Yeah, man. So Eric, um, this has been fun. Yeah, Ugh. thanks for um, dropping by. It's been a pleasure chatting with you, Mark. Yeah, you as well. Catching up, and uh, good luck with everything with Cosmic Bull. And uh, we'll hope to chat with you again soon. Have a good night. Thank man. you. Thanks a lot, Eric. I really appreciate it. All right. Cheers, all right, man. Take care. Bye. 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 If you like what you heard tonight from Mark Vickery and Cosmic Bull, check them out at cosmicbull.bandcamp.com. Uh, we'll have more information up with this episode on the feature page at rockinchicago.org. And keep your eyes peeled on their social media for any upcoming shows and all that. Thanks again for listening, and just remember to be kind to each other. We're going to close out uh, this episode with one more track off of um cosmic bulls ep this one is called the sweet art of holding on
Why won't you say it how you live it down? 